You're listening to Who Wears the Pants. This is Mike. I'm Chris. And Chris, what do we talk about on this bullshit show? We talk about relationships. Like love. Sex. Butt stuff. Rock and roll. Anal. All of it. Beads. Yeah. Hot Wieners. Hot. Yeah. Love. <laughs> death. Family. <laughs> kids. Friends. We talk about all of it. All relationships. Whether it is a relationship or an intimate relationship or a friendship so i have to say i i was like all right let's do it and then i pushed the record button and i started the intro and you looked so annoyed why i don't know you you were just sitting there and you were like no i was listening to my so i mean i don't know i i I was just being critical of myself as a broadcaster really is really what i was doing i don't know i mean i feel like that at this point that maybe i should begin to improve like i've been doing talking on podcastings for see what i mean that's a perfect example of the kind of fucking thing i shouldn't do but and be like um or so you were telling me before we started that you had not slept well recently and one of the reasons is other than indulging in caffeine that you and tara had got sucked into a show called mind hunter on netflix yep and that's about criminal profilers that they're the original yeah like back in the 70s they're fbi they're trying to build the original uh serial killer profiles and whatnot I listen to uh, a lot of a comedian named Dan Cummins, and he does a podcast called Time Suck. And Dan does a lot of true crime episodes on Time Suck, and he has talked about the BSA, basically the the FBI profilers and multiple killers who have been uh, subjects, or I should say, that they've done dramatizations for, characterizations for on that show. Really? So I'm very familiar. Yeah, especially you should listen to the Ed Kemper episode because the guy who plays Ed Kemper in Mindhunter was really, really great. The actual Time Suck episode about Ed Kemper is fucked up. So Tara actually listens to these serial killer podcasts and shit, and she knew as soon as they mentioned Kemper who Kemper was. And she was like, dude, this guy cut up all these girls, was a necrophiliac, and then he cut up his mom and had sex with her head. So he fucked her in the neck. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how messed up are that? And apparently, for a, he's a giant guy, yeah. but apparently had a micropene. Really? Yeah. Yeah, micropene for a giant. That might have been part of his anger issue. Not not only did Not he the have, fact that his mom was awful and abusive. Oh, no, no, no. And you on top of it, could you imagine being a giant? Your mom abuses you, totally fucking you all the time. And then you have a and then you have a micropene on top That'd of it. That'd be rough. It's amazing. You know, the only reason I've not become a Kemper-esque serial killer uh, is because I'm only five foot nine. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah you're not as threatening as you could be. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, with mommy issues and a micropene, man, I am two out of three. Good. As, as long as you don't get three out of three, you don't go full-blown psychopath, you don't turn into a serial killer. Right. So we've solved a lot of crimes for a lot of people just now. Just well, you this did. moment. Je- je- thank you. Thank you. You, you know, did. it is nice to actually finally get the recognition that I deserve on this show for being a, for being a mastermind at solving crimes. I... I can't help but think you got into the wrong profession because I, you should be out solving crimes I should. right now. Yeah, I should. I should. I just. I could walk down the street and go. That guy looks like a neck fucker. <laughs> neck fucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you. So you can tear us. We just, just 
just uh, foregoing sleep to stay up and watch the show because you're both into it? Or is it a matter of, man, I'm really enjoying spending this time with my wife and the show's not my favorite, but I really want to be with her and, and hang out. So I like just being around her. This, this is actually something we've been arguing about recently. So she's like, we don't do enough together that's like interactive. And I'm like, Okay. You blew a hot load in her insides and stuck a baby in there. That seems to me that you, that's a lot of togetherness. I feel like it is. Yeah. I feel like it is. But then, like, she's like, we don't have sex as much right now. And I'm like, I'm, I'm sleeping like four hours a night. I'm very tired. I'm stressed. We're but gonna- she's pregnant. Ergo, she wants to get some banging done yeah, because she, pregnancy makes, because, yeah, because she wants to get it all out because she, her body, even though she might not consciously recognize it subconsciously, her body's like, this fucking's done. They're done. The fucking's over for a long time. So, because the pussy's going to get wrecked and I'm going to be too tired. So you need to get this dick up in these guts while you can because shit's going to be shut down for some time. So you, you need to suck it up. I do need to suck it up, but yeah, it's really just like you skip a couple of days and she's like, what the fuck's going on? And it's like, I, I, I'm tired. Yeah. Do she understands you're not 18 anymore? Well, and I, I work fucking 12 hours most days. Right. So it's like, Hey, you know, I get up early, walk the dogs. I do this shit. I come home. I might do something around here and then I'm ready to just fucking die. The problem is, is that you're super hot, right? And so she wants, she cannot. I mean, I can barely control myself when I'm in your presence. I, this must be what it's like to be a hot chick, right? It has to be. It has to be. Just that you, that people are just constantly trying to fuck you, right? You, that you are the closest I know to being an attractive woman. Oh, thank you. Well, thank that's God. the good stuff, so man. I, you, what, the, what is this? I love Perrier the- strawberry in the little can. You oh, know this shit's out. expensive because this is like, this is the size of a 40 millimeter grenade. This is like a very small beverage can. So I, I, it's Perrier because uh, I'm not French. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, neither am I. I'm an American, but I'm also trying Culture. not to be an idiot. Um you're so cultured. No, it's... Mm, man, that's a powerful strawberry so, flavor. These guys actually make, like, my favorite sparkling water. I really love the lime stuff, but... Yeah, I, and this episode of Who Wears the Pants is brought to you by I Perrier. I wish, I wish. By Perrier sparkling water. <laughs> we should, uh... God, I need to start reaching out to people about that. <laughs> hey, we need you to give us money so that we... Look, we'll talk about you for a full seven and a half minutes because we're going to forget that we were talking about something else. Yeah, you, the, what you don't understand is that this is about... This show is about our relationship with the advertiser. That's <laughs> <laughs> what this show is about. I mean, isn't that what every show is about? <laughs> yes. Well, it's about it's about selling, right? So here's the, here's the thing about this show and about every venture that I'm in right now currently is that, you know... Everything's free, right? So because we're not asking you for money, fuck off. Is the moment that we ask you for money, then you can dictate what our product is or is not. So and <laughs> that that's one of those things we we're gonna put that game out. So we're gonna be asking everybody right. for money at some point, probably sure. in the next, you know, six to eight months. Yeah, or if something. it were not for COVID and there were oh, actual gaming happened. conventions, we'd it already be a done deal, but twenty twenty is a cunt. It is. It's the worst. I uh yeah, so we're we're getting ready to move, and that's something that I'm super stoked about. And well, but it's also a huge stressor, right? Because memory and I enormous. We also are planning on moving in the next you know several months, and there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah, so we're moving in the next month or two, and uh, 
like we're getting a place that's exponentially bigger. So we're going to a 2,000 square foot apartment instead of an 800 square foot apartment. So we're getting, you know, double the size or however you want to look at that. And uh, I'm going to have a, a room, a whole fucking room that is like an office room for, it, it, Tara and I are going to share it, but like my half the room is the podcast room. And I'm so fucking stoked. Right, because you can finally put some sound dampening panels on the walls and, you know, have everything. And then you don't have to do what we do now. And I do it at my house as well, is having to break down everything, right? It's like yep. my fucking game table, as it stands right now, if I if I want to write or do work for, for GoInfo, I have to restage my entire room, right? Or the entire table. If I want to work on toy soldiers, whether it's painting or assembly, it's a whole nother ball of wax, right? So moving to a larger space for you has got to be great because you're finally going to have a place where you don't have to do that. But also with the new baby on the way, you need the space. Oh, for sure. What's well, so funny? Cause like when, uh, when entertain the geeky started, I had an office and like everything was run out of this little bitty office in my house. It was the smallest bedroom in the house, and I had my computer and everything set up there, and everything was the same. But Tier and Christopher were still pretty small. Relatively. I mean, Christopher was about seven years old, okay. eight years old. Tier was about, you know, three. I guess, hold on. I mean, so he was small enough that you could still put him in, like, a cabinet so Chris, if he was annoying Yeah, you. Christopher yeah. was about three, which means, our uh, Tier was about three, which means Christopher was about six or seven. So, yeah, three or four, six or seven. That's how the math worked. But what are you going to do when Tear fucks Christopher's girlfriend? He won't. It's all about character. I'm teaching these boys to be high character. And if they do shit like that, like here. So the other day, um, we told Christopher he could not have any, um, any snacks if he didn't finish his dinner. He didn't finish his dinner. So he couldn't have any snacks. He wasn't getting shit else. And Tyr did finish his, and he went to this claw, uh, to our pantry, and he was going to get a snack, and he looks at Christopher, and he's like, ha, you don't get a snack. Oh, that's a dick so, move, because so you don't get him. a snack anymore either. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. I looked at him, and I was like, it must suck to suck, and he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you don't fucking do that to people. Go sit down, you don't get anything. And he was like, what? And I'm like, yeah, dude, especially you don't do it to him. That's your brother. You know, when I die, it's you two. That's it. So, haha, prick. Yeah, if there's one person in this world that you're going to treat with decency, it's your goddamn brother. Now, fuck off. Oh, you absolutely. sit down and you're not getting your goddamn snack. Oh, he was bummed, man. Yeah, well, it, whatever. Was good. Fun. Good for you. That's good parenting shit right there. That was that was vengeful parenting. Nice. I just don't want my kid to be a cunt. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, I don't want your kids to be cunts either. No, nobody does. Oh, so um, Chris Holmes that was on the show last week. Yeah, he's wonderful. I read that. that I saw that. Yeah, I did. Okay, I okay. did. Yeah, it was super, super sweet. It was very nice of him. Yeah. What did he call us? Because I, I, I was like trying to figure out if I was going to take it as, oh man, we sucked, or oh, that's a nice comment. He said it was glorious. Hold on, glory is a great word. Glory is positive. So it was. It was a glorious hour reuniting with you, my friend. Often irreverent, uh, momentarily inappropriate, but totally. Glorious. Momentary. I, I take umbrage with momentarily inappropriate. It was consistently inappropriate, sir. It was. Well, <laughs> the irreverent part, I was like, do we? I'm like, we do mock a lot of serious stuff. We do. But like, I didn't feel like we did too much of that, that go around. Yeah, no, and we'll occasionally do seriousness stuff. Like, for example, 
this week, I sat down with uh, uh, my social media advisor. So we have a mutual friend yep. who does social media work for people um, who is also looking into becoming a relationship counselor. They worked for one of those, uh, you know, we do Tupperware parties for dildo sorts of things yep. and found that a lot of the work that they do with people was not about sexual health. What was about relationship health. So they're looking into becoming an actual certified relationship counselor. So she and I were talking. And, uh, you know, we, we talked a lot. She asked me how my marriage was going. How are things going with my spouse? And and I was like, you know, it's it's weird because. I, there's there's still a uh, there's still a lot of resentment that I have, and she brought up to me. She said, "Look, when something like this occurs, you're you're not dealing with not necessarily just a a betrayal, but the other thing that you're really you have to understand is that you are grieving." The death of your relationship, what your relationship was, is over and it is a new thing and you have to mourn what you thought the relationship was while still willingly embracing and accepting what the new relationship is and what it should, you know, what work you should put forth mm -hmm. on the relationship now. And I thought that was really, really Good advice on her part because I, I don't want to end my relationship, but it certainly it just pops up, right? It just it just comes up in 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 some situations, in some scenarios, it is not fair. But often what will happen is and I'm sure that this is regular for everybody in relationships. Someone with whom you are close has done something that really, really hurt you. And then in the future, minor issues will come up. And it circles right back that that thing resurfaces itself, right? Yeah. It, it really, really, really comes back. And I've been struggling with that a lot lately. Yeah, not not that I like I said, not that I, I, I want to be away from my wife, not that I don't want to move. It's it, it's just that, you know, I'm like, fuck, man, sometimes I just I, I feel like, you know what, you owe me more slack in this relationship than you used to. Right. Like you, you should have more skin in the game. You should, you know what I mean? And it's all very, very terrible and selfish of me. I just, I just feel like that, you know, that, that somehow restrictions should be lifted on me that I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not, I know I'm not voicing it. Well, I, I think, no, 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 no. I totally understand what you're saying though. You're saying like, Hey, you fucked up royally. Yeah. And, it has greatly affected me. Right, but baby, so I should... I need you to leave me the fuck alone sometimes. Yeah, but I can't have that conversation because it would hurt her feelings. I can't sit down with my wife and so say... She, she can do something to hurt your feelings, but you can't say something to hurt her. Well, yeah, that's how relationships work, Chris. You, you put things... You do what you can to not hurt the other person. That's your fucking job. That's your job in this relationship. So you don't do anything to deliberately hurt their feelings, but yeah. you should do things if it's going to help bring about a new era of peace in your relationship, especially after something as crazy as... Uh, as an affair, yeah, yeah, sure. So I think it... I, it's not completely realistic to say I should get all this extra slack. But it's completely natural to say you should give me some fucking slack. Right. Yeah, like there's there's a there's a part of you that's just wants to say fuck off, I'm still here. 
Mm-hmm. I'm still here. I'm still contributing physically, emotionally, you know, I, I mean, I, financially, I still am doing everything I did in the relationship before, but I'm going to need you to take some of this shit off my plate because it's not important to me. It was never important to me, and I don't think I should have to do it anymore. But that's shitty. That's a shitty way of looking at your relationship to say you fucked up. So I am going to participate less and I deserve to participate less and you need to participate more because of the mistake you made. I don't think that's fair. So if you have an affair, I feel like there's a lack of participation in the current relationship. Right. Your your job is to not fuck other people. That's your job. Well, That's what you do. Is you, you don't fuck other people. If you have a an affair, you are investing time in another person in some capacity. Right. That is time that you're not investing in your actual fucking partner. Right. But the argument will be in many, many cases is that the reason the affair occurs is because my partner was not there or they were not investing Bullshit. adequate time in me. Bullshit. You don't do anything because of anybody else. You do things because of yourself. Mm. Like you don't. Now that there's your, there's your word of wisdom right there is that you, what you do is for you and not for other people. And even if you're doing it for somebody else, it's because it makes you feel better. Well, even if you're trying to legitimately do the right thing, I mean, you can do that and you can be selfless in it and you can try to be anonymous if you, if you give to charity or whatever. But when it comes to, yeah, cheating is always selfish, man. I, I mean, there's just really oh no no no, but that's no way to get so, around. And it. and this for me wasn't about the well. Okay, obviously it is the 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 affair is at the root of it, but really it was about the level of of participation, the level of effort put in, right? So if your relationship is fifty sure, fifty, sure, sure. well, now that this has occurred, well it's maybe a it's sixty forty, yeah. So, but what I was saying is clearly it wasn't a 50-50 if this individual was engaged in another relationship with somebody else. Mm. They were then splitting their attention. No, see, that makes it hurt worse. Well, it's not supposed to hurt worse. (laughs) It's just the reality of it. Sure. If if you have 100 pieces of candy and I give 20% to random stranger. You took 20% of my fucking candy, you asshole. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So now, should, should... I think it's natural for you to be like, hey, you need to come try to give me some more candy. Right. But I don't know. But see, the thing is, is that that is also, I look at my relationship and I think that that's terribly unfair because my wife, I mean, it it is no secret that as far as financial contribution to the household goes, her contribution is significantly, I mean, it, it, it eclipses. You do more around the house? Um, yes, yes, yes. Now- and again, you know, my wife's not here to, to say, but as, but as far as, yeah, I mean, I do. I mean, pretty much the only things that she'll, she dusts and she does the laundry. And she dusts because I don't. And she does the laundry because she doesn't like the way I do it. I mean, I guess, I guess. But everything, I mean, but, but, but vacuuming, dishes, kitchen cleaning, shit. yeah, all that stuff. I guess, yeah. and I guess every relationship, there are going to be times where one person is putting a little more effort than the other person. Sure. It's just fucking shit when you're the one that is 
putting in more effort. Sure. Well, and I mean, but that's, but, but I think that's, I think that's what's all like one of the things that's kind of hurting you here. Right. But isn't that, a, isn't that like a traditional male, female thing, but, but our roles have been reversed. Traditionally, it would be the husband who was the breadwinner. I know that's not the case today. Save your fucking hate mail. This is the one time I don't want to hear it. Um, but traditionally, you would have one person in the household, usually the, the, the male, contributing most financially, and then the female would stay home and would take care of the household, and that was a division of labor. Now, I am happy that that division of labor does not exist to the degree that it does. I wish that my wife made enough money that I could be a house husband and she would never have to do laundry and she would never have to do those things for the caveat that I don't have to go to work and make a paycheck. But that's a, that's a split. Right. That's a 50-50 split. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And that's the that's the relationship I want. I mean, if, if, if you could get the character Gina Linetti, right, and you could get Cheryl Tunt from Archer and Gina Linetti from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and you could make one woman out of them, I think she would be perfect. That would be the ideal? I think that she would be perfect. Huh. Huh. Because she would be royalty you would get tired of her i would she would be insane i would have to have a second you would have to have another person in your relationship right like you'd have to have a side piece just for some normalcy yeah i i i okay so i I go to work all the time and like you talk to people and they're like man she's beautiful i would i would marry that chick and like there's all the all the joking around that happens with that but more times than not, I'm like, dude, I wouldn't want to fucking deal with that ch- person's bullshit. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, if you, for me, I, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Does that, does that make sense? No, like, it makes it makes perfect sense. Like, like I've I have met many many attractive people. Okay, for me, it's not physical beauty that their bullshit is worth dealing with. If somebody is fun. I'll put up with a lot, right? Yeah. If, if somebody is a good time and they're energetic and they're entertaining and they're kind of chaotic, um, I'll put up with a lot of shit because they're not boring and we have a lot of fun. So from the age of about 10 to 16, I was convinced that I was going to marry Natalie Portman. I think that woman is wonderful. Now, that being said. At, at what exactly? I don't know. I just think she's cute as a button. I think I love her because she was Padme. Uh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. But see, but, I had a, I had a I had a crush on the blonde chick from the Goonies, not because she was more attractive, but because I thought that she was attainable comparatively. Did you really? Yeah, for you, sure. I know that sounds terribly you shitty. You are achievable. Yeah, <laughs> that's the most attractive woman. Most attractive quality in a woman is availability. I, you've said that. Yeah, said and that. and and the the prettier of the two girls would not have gone out with me. Why? Um, because I don't think that she would have gone out with me. I don't have the confidence for that girl. She sounds like a bitch if she wouldn't go out with you. And I she, like hey, it. she was going out with uh, James Brolin. You know, she was fucking Thanos. Well, Thanos was in high school, so we should probably let her go. Yeah, I'll punch that guy in the dick. Would you? Yeah, you don't mess with Mike Brodor. And his- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having that. Uh, uh, no, so-, so like I uh. So I've been on this V for Vendetta kick recently, and she's in that movie. And I'm like, she was a really pretty girl back then. She's still pretty or whatever. But I just wouldn't want to deal with her shit. What? But what? Okay, so No idea. Okay. No idea. But I know, I know at this point in my life, I'm 31 now, 
I know that no matter who I would happen to be in a relationship with, there would be some level of shit that I would have to deal with. Sure. And I am unwilling to do so with anybody but Tara. So, okay. I got you. I got you there. Recently, Tara and I have been like hanging out. I can tell that that woman has been doing everything in her power to be as sweet and as good as possible to me. And I appreciate that. Because she knows that when that baby comes, she's going to peel her face off and become a monster? So she became monster during pregnancy last time. She was cooler after. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. Once the parasite is outside of her body and she's getting her own sustenance again. During childbirth, she was a sweetheart. And then after that, she was cool. Pregnancy, fucking miserable. She was just hormonal and crazy the whole time. This time... We didn't know till halfway through the pregnancy. She's been sweet to me the whole time. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, like, this is neat. I'm just so happy that the baby's healthy. Me too. Just so, because not knowing, I mean, that's kind of scary. Because, you know, yeah, you, you have scary. a glass of wine occasionally. <laughs> that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the last trimester is where that is most uh, most dangerous to the baby. Oh, really? Okay. Well, so good. I mean. So, we, we have. Definitely avoided that, but yeah, she had had a couple of beers here and there. Yeah. And that was scary. Yeah, because you don't, and you're like, oh, by the way, you're like, fuck me. I'm killing this baby. Well, like I like I pointed out to terrorists, my, my mom did a lot of stuff while she was pregnant with me, so I'm, yeah. I'm fine. Yeah, you turned out great. Turned out great. But no, so I have this person that I like that I, I'll deal with her bullshit. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't really want to deal with anybody else's. Yeah, I don't want to be in a relationship with other people. I no. don't want to dedicate time to other people. Um, I just want to fuck other people. Hmm. Now That's I'm not. It. I'm not going to do that because it's the rule. The rule is you don't. You don't fuck other people. Do you think? Do you think you're uh, romanticizing that? Yes, absolutely. Of course I am. Of course I'm, I'm creating a fiction that doesn't exist because what's the cliche? The grass is always greener, right? Like you want what you don't have that's perfectly sure. normal and and that was an easier pill to swallow you know having sex with the same person for almost three decades is an easier pill to swallow when you know that they're not fucking other people but then you're like well wait a minute why am i not doing that you did it i can do it yeah but but that's not right yeah no that's not getting even right yeah. you can't get even well no it doesn't actually help it does not help then you then you then you start fucking yourself up more. Yeah, which is what I don't I don't want to do. I mean, I'm already dicked up a lot, right? I already have plenty of damage as an individual. The last thing I need to do is add more fuel to that fire. Start fucking taking yourself apart psychologically. Yeah. So I've been listening to uh, psychology lectures on my way to work instead of music. And what a fucking dork. Oh, dude. It's been fucking brutal. <laughs> So I did not even realize like the damage that I was doing to myself in doing this because I <laughs> I was not taking any time to decompress. Mm-hmm. So it was basically wake up, get ready for work, get in the car. You know, I would walk the dogs before that, but anywho, get in the car, start listening to a psychology lecture that's basically dealing with uh, the stripping away of different parts of an individual in order to build up this other part of this individual and all kinds of bullshit. So you're listening to that, and then you're you're trying to think of how you then apply that to yourself, and then you get to work, and you have to deal with whatever bullshit is there. You get back in the car, 
and then you start stripping the personality apart again. No, you can't do. You got to take a break, man. No, no, I, I definitely said I'm going to fucking limit myself to uh, like three days a week. Here's what. Here's what I recommend. Here's what I, I'm going to recommend for you. Okay, workday is almost over. Last thirty minutes before you have to clock out, you go to the bathroom, right? And you just sit on the toilet with your phone. You dick off for a little while. Maybe you rub one out. Right. <laughs> then you come home or you, you, you leave the bathroom. You ever, okay, guy, good night, guys. Going home today. Great day. See you tomorrow. We'll get back at it. Get those numbers. Da, 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 da. Then you get in your, your beautiful smiles per gallon car and you do a little bump of toot right off the steering wheel. <laughs> and then you pop in some Amy Winehouse and you just let her remind you that you'll never be good enough to impregnate her and she's dead. Well, that's why I can't impregnate And then you her. just know you could, you're never, you would have, none of us were good enough for her, Chris. You would have not impregnated her. I mean, somebody was good enough for no. her. Somebody was fucking her. So, no. Yeah. No, no. I'm no. 100% sure. They, none of them were good enough for her. They were all What, good. no, what happened was, is that she had her own psychological damage, her own issues, and that she hurt herself by being with men who were unworthy of her. That is the biggest crock of shit I've ever heard in my life. If you mean to tell me Unworthy for a second, of her, Chris. Yeah. Unworthy. Yeah. Unworthy. Oh, I'm unworthy of her. Nobody could pick you're, up Molnir. That's what we'll call her. You're she Molnir is Molnir Winehouse. Yeah. You'll <laughs> know Winehouse. No one is quit. <laughs> no, fuck that lady. No. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm she's sure she not. was I'm sure she was a lovely person. I suspect that she I have no idea. No, she's I, probably fucking nuts. Uh yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, that would be hard too. Like, I mean, if you were, it would, it would be very, very challenging to be famous, to be lauded for a thing that you do, right? It would be hard to to stay grounded, right? If everybody was like, "Ah, oh, Chris, I love you," this, ah, oh, Chris, 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 when you should fucking, I don't know. That would be better for everybody. It would be. You're right. If they just. If we just fell and worshipped you, yeah, Yeah. we should have. I'm trying to get people to join our cult that we started a few years ago. Yeah, there's no. Listen, I got to tell you that cults are a lot of work because here's the thing: if you are going to do a successful cult, there are things that you need to have. Um, We don't have any Kool Aid. Well, we don't. We don't have. We don't have a good dogma. Right. We don't we don't have a doctrine to teach people, number one. Number two, if you really, really want to get people into it, it needs to be young people who are of particularly mediocre to lower IQ. And we get young, attractive women who have their own issues, right? Who, you know, fresh off fresh off the bus, you know, by, you know, in, you know, whatever city in California. Those are the people that we need to coerce by getting them into drugs and brainwashing and sleep deprivation and, you know, various subtle manipulation tactics. And then once you have these young ladies, then, I mean, the world's your oyster, man. Yeah, see, I, my whole thing with starting a cult um, was like, this is going to be a nice one. We'll just go bowling. No, 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 I, but that's not a good cult, right? See, I think it is. No, 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 no. I, I mean, Chris, I, I, I don't think the other cult. I love you, but I just, I, I have to say, and I'm not a cult expert, but I think in this scenario, I've seen enough documentaries uh, that, that there are there are common tenants from one cult to the next, and bowling is not a common tenant. That's now, correct. Common, so is dying. Common tenants. Dying is one of those common tenants. Common tenant among the cult. Number one, I'm the way. 
I have the answer. There is wisdom in the universe that only I have access to and only I may disseminate that information. Tenant number two, these hot young ladies will have sex with you. They'll do it. They're going to have sex with you. Tenant number three, Chris, you can't talk to your family. They don't get it. They don't see, understand the light and the way. They're not here. If they were worth your time, they would be here receiving the message. You see. You with me so far? I am. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Clearly, the blueprint for cult doesn't work that well. I, I disagree. I disagree. Look Where's at, Manson Sci- at Scientology. Me, okay, so Charles Manson... What was about, a CIA operative. The Manson. What, what about those fellows with all that Kool Aid? Which, oh, you're talking about Jim Jones? Yeah. Oh, now the Jim Jones thing, that's a whole nother ball of wax that I don't have a lot of expertise on. But yeah, Jim, Jim, uh, he gave people some Kool Aid. There was a bunch of. Basically, any one of these cults is a, it, it results in death. Now, Scientology. They were brilliant because it, this is what they did. It results in death when the government comes and says, you no longer get to engage in whatever lunatic ideology you're engaging in. No, no. That's Manson, what happened. Manson just went and chopped people up because he was a cunt. Okay. Ma- the Manson family is a whole different thing. I obviously, I can't prove it, but I'm 80% convinced that that Manson and those knuckleheads were some sort of deviation from the MK Ultra experiments. Mm. I think that that's a, that's a whole nother ball of wax and that had more to do with the CIA than it had to do with a crazy guy who wanted to start a bucking race war. I think he was an asset. Not, was, not an actual agent, but I think Charles Manson was an asset of the U.S. government, but I can't prove that, so people are just going to think I'm a crazy conspiracy theorist. Sure, whatever. sure, but it, so... After after being apprehended, spending some time in prison. Why do you think they never let him out? Then he decides to carve a... Was it a cross or a swastika? It was a swastika. Now, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that's not something that somebody that was in any way, shape, or form of any real cognition would do. Like, it, clearly, he was not in an okay state of mind, probably ever. So I don't know why the CIA me, would be using him for anything. Let me ask you this. And again, I am not a Charles Manson expert, right? Sure, and sure. we have really gone off the rails. I have to say, though, we were pretty good this episode about staying on the subject of relationships. We're good, we're good kids. I'm listening. I'm listening. Here's the issue. Who, who did Charlie kill? Ooh. Okay. What, what crime scene was Charlie at? Whom did Charlie stab? Who did Charlie shoot? Whose blood did Charlie put on his hands and write on the wall? That's oh, so that's right, because he didn't, because he wasn't fucking there. Because all he did right. was give them LSD and fucking brainwash them like his CIA handlers taught him to do. And then carve crosses in his own head. He was normal, normal he, guy. He was not normal. He <laughs> was then psychologically tortured and ruined by the U.S. government in prison. 
Those young women were manipulated by their government to kill because the U.S. government was interested in then and likely still now in controlling people's minds. The only way they control your mind now is through the singularity, is through that goddamn phone right there. Because that phone has, it's a double-edged sword. It's absolutely fucking heinous. And both edges are bad for you. One, it's tracking everything that you're doing. And two, social media is manipulating you. The singularity is literally using predictive index like intelligence operatives Mm -hmm. to determine what you will and won't do and the likelihood of those things. You're being manipulated every day by this machine, Chris. You are. It's evil. But with this machine, you also have all of the information available to humanity at your uh, fingertips at all times. is it worth it? Is is the fact... So what you're asking them is, is it worth it going to eat from the tree... Of knowledge of good and evil, because right. that's what you're doing. Sure. At that point, you become self-aware and all that. Yeah. Why do you think? You why do you think apples an apple with a bite out of it? Mm. It's an obvious reference to the Garden of Eden, and they can tell me otherwise. But they're fucking liars. That is clearly them saying, "This is what we are. This is the forbidden fruit. Yeah. This is the forbidden fruit." So we uh, we missed recording with guests today. We did. It was terrible, too, because he has a he got. in a meeting. Well, I, just, I see. Yeah, I was just messaging back. So he's forth. important. He has a real job that has meetings. What, what, he's, what he's saying is that we're idiots that on a Tuesday at fucking noon have the time. You mean like when most people are at their jobs? Yeah, have the time to get together and fuck off. Now, I know, I know, I know. I was as surprised as you are. But... He didn't. He didn't have that kind of. He's time. busy. It's He's all very right. important. We'll get him next I'm time. I'm not mad at him. I'm not mad at him. Either. I'm going to write him a strongly worded email, and it's probably just going to say strong words. Strong words. I like that. Just strong, strong words. words. All lowercase, no punctuation. None. <laughs> I'll do it right now. Hopefully, he listens to this. Uh, <laughs> strong. I have to pee. Okay. We can do, you can do that. Are you sure? Are you yeah. going to be able to take the show for the whole few minutes by I'll yourself? Just edit it. Oh my God. Now you're a genius. Science. I know we're getting the fuck out of here because there's not enough space. You know what I'm extra stoked about? What's that? When, when, uh, we get the new space, we'll actually, I, I have everything that we need to do, uh, Live stuff, like mm-hmm. live streaming and stuff, and I'm really excited about doing that. Yeah, I, it's interesting. If you if you look at the people on the internet who are successful, the most successful people are people that do video, right? Yeah. So we're going to do that. Fuck it. What, what I'm nervous about, here's one of the things that I, I don't want to, I don't want to learn how to edit video. I'm going to have to. Yeah, it's nightmarish. It's one of those things that will happen out of necessity. Now, I'm nervous about having to buy a new camera. Why? So I have a I have a nice camera in quotes, um, a nice camera that was bought three four years ago, no longer a nice camera, obsolete camera, and I'm like okay, I can get it to squeak by, but but it's not going to do everything that I want it to do, and I don't want to spend twelve hundred dollars or some fucking obscene amount of money on another camera. Yeah, you know that, what I mean. Yeah, I do. Fuck that. But I did buy a webcam. 
so mm. that we could do the streaming. And I know that's not what you're supposed to do, but we're fucking gonna. What are you supposed to do, Chris? I'm supposed to use an XLR camera with HDMI out because that's what's going to give you the best picture quality. And then it, the, the way that it shoots, it's supposed to give you the right, uh, I guess, the right borders and size and everything. It's just it's what's most appealing to the eye. And they're 1200 bucks. For a good one. Mm. So the one that I have, I have like a five or $600 camera. It's a nice camera. Um, it's not It's not current, I guess. So right. But then you're going to have to get it like a, you know, a, a ring light and all that good stuff too. Yeah. You want good lighting so we don't look gross? Yeah. So we look less gross? Yeah. So I look less gross? Really, Chris, this is about me not making the audience vomit. Dude, they're going to have the biggest boners. Why? I don't know. Because they're stoked about you and how no, you look. No, no one's stoked. Let me tell you they one are, thing. No one has ever, never ever like. been stoked about how I look. It's yeah, not happened. they have. Uh, you no. live with some lady that likes you enough eh. to sleep with you for 30 years. Yeah, maybe. 28. We're at 28. I shouldn't exaggerate. It's a lot of fucking years. It's too many Chris, it's it's, it's too many. It's it's a generation, Chris. It's a lifetime. Now I was going to say that's basically an entire lifetime. Yeah, it's a generation. It's it's disgusting. It's it's terrible. Why is it disgusting? I don't know. It's not. It's wonderful and it's beautiful and it's romantic. It's stupid. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, I get, I think we're about done. Okay. We, we got we got. I love you. Forty minutes into this, I love you so many. No, but I, but I, but I will say this. What was your word of wisdom earlier, Chris? It was great. It was a great word of wisdom, and I don't remember what it was. I don't. That was earlier in the conversation. I really should have written that down. Yeah, the absence of professionalism on this show, Chris, is staggering. So with the with the new uh, with the new setup, I'm going to put. We'll get professional some, after 100 episodes. Dry erase shit on the table. 100 episodes. Yeah. That's when you're going to get your professionalism. You when you start well, paying for this fucking show, then you'll get your professionalism. So that's my fault that they don't pay for it. <laughs> no, okay. whatever. It, no, no, no. It is. So I don't want them to pay for this show. I want them to pay for my interview show. They can only afford so much, Chris. I want them to. So <laughs> my my plan is to make those uh, jerseys available. Soon. Nice. They're gorgeous. Within by the, the next, thank absolutely you. gorgeous. Within the next uh, probably week or two here, mm-hmm. I want to finish getting the site up. So like it's semi functional yeah. right now. There yeah, is a sh- website to go to. Yeah, I want to get it right. Punctual. You need to. You need a. You need, yeah. I just need a couple an editing run. Yeah, I haven't done an editing yeah. run. I've literally done a one in the morning. I well, and I'm ter- I'm terrible, right? So. I just, I don't know if I talked about this on the show. I just submitted my second draft um, for a role-playing game for content being added to a role-playing game. So on the 29th of this month, Pete Petrusha from Imagining Games is launching a Kickstarter for a game called Rest in Pieces. And Pete reached out to me, among several other people, uh, I'm not unique nor special, but he reached out and asked me to contribute some content for this game. So hopefully if he's satisfied with my work, I just submitted my second draft on Sunday. So hopefully if he's satisfied uh, with my work, what is the, you know, my content will appear in this game. What? Yeah. Pretty exciting. That's fantastic. Pretty, pretty exciting. So that's the, the work that I've been focusing on is trying to get that done. It's not, a lot, right? But it's a it's a good first step. It'll be cool to walk into a game store and say, "I have words in that game." 
I made letters and sounds. I made letters and sounds in that game. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked about that. Yeah, my wife, but my wife, my point is, is that you my wife and I, one of the most, you know, one of the significant things in our relationship now with my current pursuits, uh, I mean, she's my initial editor, right? Like anything that I write, my wife, I she takes a run at it just to make sure that it's concise and that because I'm dyslexic, I will miss a lot of words. Like I'll be reading something that I've written and in my head, I will read that word in the sentence and it will make perfect sense. But I need non-dyslexic eyes to come back and go, actually, you didn't put the A or the in. That's so interesting because you're so uh, you're so well spoken. Well, the, but they're different, right? Sure. I mean, sure yeah, sure. yeah, they're, yeah. Yeah, one, one's oral, yeah. one's written. No, it make, it makes sense. It's just it's bizarre. Like you wouldn't think that the two would coincide. Yeah, because I I mean because I can speak well, but I and and I'm I'm I don't know. I'm an okay writer. I mean I can communicate with human beings via writing. I just don't do it as well because the way my brain works. So memory goes through everything with me. So technically, if I say it's a second draft, it's like a fourth draft. <laughs> you know. So I was I was listening to uh, to one of these psychology lectures, and the psychologist giving it was talking about writing and the process of writing and how in order to make something as well as you can, you sit down, you do a first draft of, like, let's say a uh, paragraph, okay? Then you go through that paragraph, and you start at the first sentence, and you rewrite that sentence until it's as good as you can possibly make it. Then you move on to the next sentence, and then the next one, and then the next one, and then you get through that paragraph. Then you make sure that the paragraph is aligned and sorted in such a way that you're pleased with it. And then you make sure that you can't make that better. Then you move on to the next paragraph. So that's like spending fucking days. The the problem with that philosophy, and again, obviously, I mean, I'm I'm only a professional writer in the sense that someone paid me to write material for a role-playing game that has not come out yet. Yes. But that to me, that way lies lunacy. Because... If you look at something and say, I'm going to do this until I can't do it any better, the perfectionist is going to get analysis paralysis, and then your book never comes out, George R. R. Martin and Patrick Rothfuss. You just don't – you become so obsessed with editing and with perfection, you don't actually produce work. Okay, okay. So there's got to be a happy medium. Editing is important, but sometimes in the immortal words of genius chef and writer Alton Brown – just walk away. Hmm. You just got to walk away. At some point, you're fucking done. At some point, your obsession is not going to improve the work. It's going to become a detriment. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm – you just got to fucking walk away. Sometimes you just gotta, it's just like painting miniatures. I mean for me. For you. Yeah, for me. You just got to You just got to be done. You're like, okay, this is – I don't want to say good enough, but – and I've said this on different podcasts, the people who get work done professionally, creatively, are not necessarily the best writers, the best artists, sure. the best colorists, the best directors. They're the people who show up and get work done. If you can reliably deliver work, if you can do yeah, it consistently. Yeah, that reliably yeah. come in behind you and do all that shit. That's, that's the important part, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm with you. Editing important but i think that it can be done obsessively 
see once once for me once the creative part once the art part of it starts to go away it entirely loses its luster Mm -hmm. like it's it's such a bizarre thing so like if i'm sitting down writing i want it to be this beautiful thing where it's creative and then as soon as it stops being that i'm like okay this fucking sucks i'm done over it yeah it's yeah, that's just how my brain shuts off. Well, and it, and it's funny too because when somebody comes back and says, "Hey, you wrote this, but I would like you to do it differently," right? Like I I've never written for anything other than people's entertainment mm-hmm. as friends and family as gamers. I've never written for this is going to be in a product, right? So having somebody become behind you and say this is not good enough for X, Y, and Z reasons, yeah. was unusual. Now, I mean, Pete's—he's—he's he's amazing and very helpful, and very open. Um, you know, very complimentary of stuff. If he liked something, he was sure to tell you he liked it and why. I mean, it was all—it was all great. But I was never—I don't know. I have a hard time being critiqued. So I guess as lame as it sounds, this is a big step for me. It plays with your insecurities a little bit. Oh yeah, which I have colossal insecurities. Everybody does. Everybody does. I yeah I I I've been watching people more myself even, but I've been trying to like pay more attention to how people act and yeah man, everybody's colossally insecure. It's fucking bizarre. Mm. Like it is. How how do you do anything but stare in a mirror? Uh, like if you were my husband, I would always have a baby in my womb. Yes, you would. I mean, I would. I would. I would, I would just. Be- in them guts all the time. I would slosh with seed, spewing <laughs> five gallon hot loads. Uh, uh, We're freaking done. We're done. 